I'm so excited to be back here with you. Episode one, I think, went pretty well. Episode two, I hope we can do even better, hit more on the college campus and learn more about you, President Maxey, and continue the good vibes here at WRKE at Roanoke College and with the new show. So we're just going to jump right into it. We'll do our best, Kendall. We will. <laughs> we're going to jump right into it, though, with um, Dr. Gary Hollis. We talked about it a little bit before we went on air live. Dr. Gary Hollis is going to be competing on Jeopardy. Uh, he's one of 15 professors across the country to compete on the first ever version of Jeopardy for professors only. So unfortunately, I am not able to compete. I tried my best. The tournament begins on Monday, December 6th, and it ends Friday, December 17th. Pres er, Dr. Gary Hollis said he has been trying out for Jeopardy since his undergrad days, and he will be on TV on the 6th, but he cannot say how he did yet per Jeopardy rules. How do you think... Dr. Gary Hollis did, President Maxey. Uh, Kendall, I can't imagine he didn't do well. Um, he's been active here with the Quiz Bowl for many years, and a couple of times he's asked me to set up a Quiz Bowl team, and I've gone up against him, and I can tell you that he sure uh, waxes uh, me on the Quiz Bowl, so um, I'm sure he's going to be formidable on Jeopardy with those other faculty members. Yeah, definitely seems like a smart character, too. I was reading up on it in preparation for this show. And when he got the call that he was going to be on Jeopardy, he was actually in quiz bowl practice. <laughs> so I think that tells a lot about the character that he is and his intelligence that he has. Yeah, he's a very bright man. He's, there's, uh, I, I go to College Lutheran Church, and um, they have had a quiz bowl team down at um, Salem, Salem Brewery. And uh, they do that on Tuesdays. They used to do it anyway. And I know that Dr. Hollis and the College Lutheran team dominated there, and it was because of uh, Dr. Hollis. He's really, he's really quite good at that. Yeah, definitely. I can tell. And hopefully um, I get to cross paths with him here at Roanoke College. I don't think he teaches anything for my major communications, but I might seek him out just so I can make my cranium a little bit larger and definitely soak up some of that information that all the professors here at Roanoke College have to offer. But I want to be on Jeopardy one day. I mean, I'm trying to cross everything off my bucket list. Gary Hollis, he was able to do that for his bucket list, and I definitely want to copycat that. In other professor news, though, Dr. Mark Miller is retiring from his role as Roanoke College historian, and Dr. Jesse Boucher will take over in this role. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. President well, the, the college historian, it's named for David Biddle, and so Dr. Miller has been the David Biddle College historian. Um, Jesse Booker, Dr. Booker, will, is, is the new uh, uh, Biddle historian for the college. It's a big job, and it's an important job. They're the keeper of the college history in a lot of ways, and so when there's a special project where we need research, that's who we go to. Uh, when we need someone to lead a tour about the history of the college, that's who we go to. And so they do all kinds of important work for the college, whether it's research or presentations or just consulting on things. So uh, Dr. Miller finished up this summer. Dr. Booker took over. And seamless transition, they worked together last spring to make sure that what Dr. Miller knew, to the extent that you can do it, was downloaded to Dr. Booker. Dr. Booker's an enthusiastic historian himself, and so it's, uh, it's a great relationship and certainly a great thing to have a college historian. It, 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 you'd be amazed how many times something comes up in my work, well, I want to know where I will want to know the history of an issue or a 
building or whatever and the college historian is who you turn to yeah and a question off to bounce off that was dr jesse booker what was their previous role here at the college and are they going to continue that role as long like with the Roanoke College historian role, or is it just going to be solely historian now for Dr. Booker? Well, Dr. Booker is a member of the history faculty, and so he still teaches history courses, and he'll remain a history faculty member. Um, this is a kind of special assignment, um, a, as I just described, and so he'll do that as well. Um, but it'd be a terrible thing to lose Dr. Booker in the classroom. He's a great teacher, as was Dr. Miller, and so uh, he'll still be he'll still be a history professor and he'll do the college historian work. So is Dr. Miller going to be retiring from the college as a whole too or are they going to stay on campus? He has. He retired this summer although he still works on some projects uh, as college as in his old role as college historian. There's some things we're trying to finish up. Um, He just did a presentation to the Board of Trustees a couple of weeks ago about presidential transitions over the years. Um, Since I was on my way to going through a transition, he spoke about previous presidential transitions in the history of the college. So it was entertaining and um, enlightening, and that's what history is about. Yeah, and speaking of history, there's a now new virtual tour of the Roanoke College history available on the website. It takes you around campus and points everything out. I know as a student, I've been with professors, and I see stuff like I know that Monterey is one of the oldest buildings on college. Did not even know it existed until this semester. Um, Same thing, I think, with Miller. Miller Hall is pretty significantly old. Um, There's a lot of history behind these buildings and history behind a lot of things here on campus. So tell us a little bit about what that virtual tour will offer students who either go here already or maybe potential students that want to find out more about the college they might end up at. Sure. This virtual tour is um, a little different from lots of tours in that it touches on uh, all kinds of things that maybe aren't quite as relevant always for somebody who's a high school student, but stuff that people will grow to love once they're here. Um, It includes a section on the campus historic trees. Um, We have trees from all over the world, all over the country that are historic plantings. It includes some of the artwork on campus, like Solar Wind. It includes all the uh, historical stops along the way, like the administration building, um, Monterey, as you were saying, Kendall. And so what it is is it's it's really kind of a cultural and historical tour of the campus. I hope that it is something that people from the community enjoy. You know, when people have guests come in and uh, they're thinking about what they could do. We've done a tour that would allow them to walk around campus and learn all kinds of fascinating things about the college. So um, that's the purpose of the tour. It's brand new. I hope everybody checks it out and loves it. Yeah, and there's a rumor around campus, too, regarding campus and the history behind it. Um, one of my professors, actually, Dr. Carter, I heard that he's a ghost hunter and that he's been around Monterey in that area and that's where people will come, ghost hunters, and they will look for ghosts there. I guess that's the term. Um, do you know anything about that, President Maxey? Well, you know, I've heard about that for years since I've been here. And I'm going to say that I've never seen the ghost, but I don't mean to put a hex on myself in any way or jinx myself. 
by saying that. Uh, but I know Dr. Carter has been over there and uh, done the research on that and felt the vibes on it. And so uh, that's about all I know about it is that uh, it is an alleged specter that's over there. I just have never seen it myself and can't verify or refute its presence. Yeah, I'm hoping I don't get to see it myself <laughs> either. We were in uh, we were in Monterey for a class project. We were filming a video in there, and when I heard that there were potentially ghosts in there, I looked around, saw the basement, saw the upstairs a little bit, and I was like, "Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me that people <laughs> think ghosts might be here. They might inhabit it." Yeah, it, it's uh, I, the uh, the cellar is especially uh, scary uh, when you go down there. I've been all over that building and. Um, you know, it, it would be a strange feeling to stay in there by yourself on a time where somebody said they'd seen a ghost sighting. So I've never seen it. I can't say they're there. I'm not even suggesting they are. Uh, but it's good to have some legends like that that people can wonder about, just like the swimming pool on the roof of the President's House. <laughs> yeah, one of, the, one of the other famous legends of Roanoke College and that basement, yeah, I spent maybe five seconds down there, ran back <laughs> up. And then uh, who took us down there was uh, Joe Boucher, and Boucher told us, he was like, my son, back before he was a professor, Joe said that when he took his son there with him, they were staying in the Monterey house because he was a guest. Griffin saw ghost hunters, and he said, Dad, I'm going to go, because they, they were from Salem. He had friends in Salem. He was like, Dad, I'm going to go stay with my friend who's three blocks away. I'm not <laughs> staying at Monterey house. So Joe had to stay there by himself that night, and I, I don't think I would – be able to do that i think i would i would probably go stay at the hotel right across the street now <laughs> yep well honestly we have guests in there all the time and um, i only know of one that's uh, said anything about a ghost all the rest of them has said it's a great place to to stay and rest and so we'll just let that stand and have have that as one of our mysteries kendall yeah we will and we're going to keep hammering history here i've got one more history point sure the uh history homecoming bank bash and dress up day was last Thursday. Students all around campus were dressed up from multiple different time periods. I think you could go all the way back to the early 1900s, maybe even late 1800s. And then there were students, of course, dressed like they were still in the 70s, 80s, even 90s. Did you see that going around campus? And Absolutely. did you try to dress up yourself, President Maxey, or you I, stick with the bow tie? I stuck with a bow tie that day, <laughs> although bow ties, I've got a picture of David Biddle with something that looks a lot like a bow tie. Um, but I saw everybody. It's a great day to see that, and uh, people are such good sports, and it reminds me, since I was living in about your age in the 70s, uh, how god-awful the clothes were in the <laughs> 70s. Uh, they are, uh, we wore some atrocious stuff, and I was right in the middle of that. How do you feel about now the uh, mullet trend that's coming back <laughs> to life? <laughs> um, well... Uh, good for the people that are able to grow one and wear one. I don't think that's my thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that I was ever a fan of the mullets. <laughs> yeah, I was I was never a big fan of it. I liked it a little bit this summer when one of my friends got it, and then I was <laughs> like, this is a little bit ridiculous. We're, we're, we're 21, 22 years old. We're trying to be professionals, and we've got – Party, party in the back, business in the front. I'm trying to be all business. So, yeah, I'm definitely on your side with that. The mullets are – that trend is overrated. Um, but, yeah. So, in other news around Roanoke College, we're going to talk sports now. I am the sports guy here. 
basketball returned to play at Renault College this week. Yes, the Maroons were in action, the men and the women. Uh, the women played today against the Albright Lions and represented themselves well and took down the Lions. Uh, I was there for the first half and was really impressed with how they were playing. We can, we, we can get it out and run, um, put a lot of pressure on the other team. I like the way the women play a lot, and we've got some really great shooters. Watched the men's game yesterday against uh, Marietta and on Friday against Eastern. We really took it to Eastern. And then Marietta, as you know, Kendall, you and I were speaking before we went on air, Marietta was the ranked third in the country, and we pretty much took them out. Yeah. Uh, it was a great game. Both games were – all three games were great games. Yeah, Rona captured the Dick Leftwich tip-off tournament with that victory over Marietta. Marietta was actually ranked number three, I think, in all of Division Three basketball. Or maybe it's just this part of the country, Division Three. No, it was, way. The, it was the whole country. Whole country. Yeah. And we're yeah. number 20, but I'm sure we'll go up then because we, we took are. down number I'm, three. I'm hoping we'll uh, break into the top 10. But, you know, the important thing about those rankings is they mean a lot more at the end of the season than they do in the beginning of the season. So we want to be up there ranked first at the end of the season is the goal for the men and the women. Yeah, definitely looks promising. Definitely for the men. I mean, that was an impressive tournament victory. I like the way they played. Um, they just played good team basketball, and they also took home some individual awards. Um, Ifosa, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but Ifosa had a great tournament. He made the all-tournament team, and then the MVP of the Dick Leftwich tip-off tournament was Casey Draper. Draper scored 25 points on Friday night, and if he didn't score 30, he definitely scored close to 30 in the championship game. Draper having a great game, firing up the crowd. We talked about that a little bit. I mean, Kreger, Kreger Center was, was packed. Everybody was ready for the beginning of basketball season. It was even packed this morning when um, you were at the women's game, I was at the women's game. We saw a good crowd for the women's game, too. And yep. we won 66-51 overall, Bright, You caught that first half. Second half was just as fun to watch if you're a Maroon fan, so... Definitely happy to see this from our basketball teams. Yep. I'll, I think, Kendall, everybody needs to come out and see how good these teams are. They're really outstanding, and we're going to win a lot. Uh, and they're fun to watch. The men play great defense. Um, they'll take a fast break if it presents itself. And as I said, the women push the ball up the floor. Uh, they play great defense. And both teams are very team-oriented. They move the ball around. and. Um, and put a lot of pressure on the opponents and uh, put a lot of pressure in terms of when they're on offense, they, they just keep everybody moving around. They move well without the ball, and, um, and both teams play great defense against the other team. So we're going we're gonna to be a handful for other teams, and uh, Maroon fans need to come out and see them because we want a home court advantage, and you get that by everybody being there. Oh, yeah, and it was it was for real this weekend, and I hope uh, we see more of it, especially with that team basketball. One thing I want to add to that team basketball is one of my classmates, uh, Nick Price, was starting point guard for Roanoke um, both those nights, and yep. Price just on the court, great phenomenal player, but he didn't score that much. He wasn't in the stat sheet that much, and the reason why is because they're playing team basketball. He probably had the most assists in the whole tournament, just he, passing it around, but he then he did. took his shot when he needed it. You're exactly right. I know he had six assists uh, on Friday night, and Nick just calms the team down, and he's a real coach on the court. He plays well, and he's an excellent defender. His, uh, 
his use of hands as he's defending is just phenomenal. He's, oh yeah. If you w if you really concentrate and watch Nick play in defense, um, it's a clinic. He's really something. You know, Kendall. Before we leave basketball, I got to tell you one bit of trivia in the spirit of uh, of Jeopardy. Let's do it. Dick Leftwich was my high school basketball coach. Wow. He went to school here at Roanoke and graduated from Roanoke and went to become head coach at Bassett High School where I grew up. And I played basketball for him. And um, at, at one point we had, uh, I think, five coaches from Roanoke College in the system at my high school. And so I grew up with Roanoke College basketball and always followed it. And it's so nice that uh, Dick Leftwich is honored through the naming of this tournament. He was a heck of a coach, heck of a player here at Roanoke. Would you say he pushed you to Roanoke College then? No, he, he, he didn't really. Um, uh, I, I wasn't a good enough basketball player to qualify for that, <laughs> but he certainly was a good example for me to see. And Danny Monk was one of my coaches. Uh, uh, Coach Monk went on to a career as an athletic administrator at Virginia Tech and other places. And then I had a coach named Steve Baker who played here who was really a personal inspiration to me. I just had great coaches. And Albert Prilliman uh, was, was one of my JV coaches. And uh, Mr. Prilliman, he really did push me to consider Roanoke. And he and his wife helped me get my job here. Mm -hmm. And so they'll always have a special place in my heart for bringing me to a place that I've come to love so much. So I know all kinds of Ronald College basketball coaches. Let me guess. Were you a point guard? I was a power forward. Can power I, can't forward. Can't you tell by my size? Yeah, I guess so. That was my second guess right behind <laughs> center. No, I was, I was a point guard. That's right. Now, one last thing with basketball. It was also alumni weekend for the basketball program, the men's program. They had players from many different graduation years come out on, I think it was Saturday that they came out. Yep. Um, they also had... One of the former coaches for Roto come out. Tell yeah. me how that was, seeing players of past, coaches of past, and being able to honor those who have passed away. We honored a couple of players who have passed away are no longer with the Maroon family. But it was a great celebration of Roanoke College's basketball history. Tell us a little bit about that and how that all got together. Well, that was really meaningful. It was um, terrific to see those guys out here coming back to the college and being to see them being together. Uh, uh, the two players that uh, had had passed away recently, one of them I was his fraternity advisor many, many years ago, and so I knew him from basketball and from that relationship. Um, wonderful guy. His twin brother was here with us for the this reunion. Mm -hmm. um, seeing the former coaches was something. Both of the coaches that came uh, Coach Moyer and Coach Green were Hall of Fame coaches here at the college, two great uh, basketball coaches. It was fun seeing them. I think the earliest player that we had to return was someone from class of 64. And so we had players from 64 on up until uh, a couple years ago. So it was fun to see everybody. I've watched a lot of them play. Uh, great guys, successful people in their careers, and certainly part of the lore of uh, Roanoke College basketball history, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then in other sports news, we had our first year of wrestling. That started. And then swimming is also underway right now. Have you been able to make it out to any wrestling matches or swimming matches just yet? I went to the – we've had two wrestling matches. One was the historic one, which was the first dual meet in the history of the college. We went up against the Washington and Lee Generals. 
the generals had their way uh, that day, but uh, it was our first meet, so we're wrestling a lot of freshmen against their seniors. By the time our guys are juniors, seniors, maybe even sophomores, we'll be able to uh, pin just about anybody that comes here. Um, it was really exciting. There was a huge crowd for that first wrestling match. The weekend before, we had a regional meet that wasn't ours. It was one that we hosted. And there were teams from all over the country. Princeton was here, and UVA was here, and uh, D1 programs from, from North Carolina and South Carolina and Pennsylvania. There were teams from all over the country. So it's just exciting to see wrestling take hold here and make a contribution to the good life of the college and the reputation of the college. And you know, I'm really proud of the success that they already have, but goodness knows, I know we're going to be very successful with wrestling in the future. Yeah, I hope so. Wrestling is definitely a sport that I don't think it's offered everywhere in D3. Just finally got offered here at Roanoke College, and like every other program that we have, I expect it to get to winning ways soon. It's going to be hard first year as a program, but Roanoke College always finds a way to get things done, and I expect when I graduate and if I come back and I see a wrestling match, Roanoke, Roanoke will likely be the winner of that outcome. I think you're right, Kendall. I'll, I'll make a prediction. I'll bet you within four years with these guys that have come in as freshmen, by the time they're seniors, we're going to have somebody who's an All-American uh, come out of this and a national champion coming out of this program. It's just an on-fire program, and they've, they're doing things right. I'm excited about it, uh, bringing in great young men to wrestle and the coach is doing a good job so uh, things are on the up and up for wrestling at Roanoke. Yeah it would not surprise me I'm going to hold you to that though President Maxey I'll okay. be watching. All right. Now last thing we're going to talk about before we take our halftime break here on the news show we had the honors talent show on campus that was November 13th it was at Massengill. Were you able to make it out and see the talent that our students have that aren't on the sports teams? I, I missed that, Kendall, but I'm hoping you'll tell me a little bit about it. Now, the Honors Talent Show, like I said, it was at Massengill at 5 o'clock. Students could do singing, dancing, pretty much anything as long as it was appropriate. Um, I was not able to make it out either. I had other responsibilities to take care of as a student, but I'm sure it was great. Um, Renner College students always demonstrate the talent that they have and numerous ways whenever we have an event, whether it's one of our festivals that we were able to put on with WRKE a couple months ago. Um, I think El Spangler had a stand-up night where you open mic night where you got to sing, do comedy, do whatever you wanted to. I mean, there's so many opportunities for Maroons to show off their talents. We are talented, and that was another example of that at Massengill on uh, the 13th. Yep, I'm always amazed at the uh, talent uh, Never surprised, always amazed at the talent of Ronald Maroons. Yeah, it's you know, an abundance of talent. You know, we had Leonard Pitts, too, uh, come and speak recently, Kendall. Yeah, Leonard Pitts. Uh, we, we touched on that a little bit last time, but yeah. then Leonard Pitts came after that show. How was that experience? I was there for that, and he gave an excellent lecture. Um, you know, part of what I like is uh, about the college so much is, uh, for students' sake, you're going to hear speakers who are from the right, from the center, from the left. And uh, one of the things that I really believe in is that uh, at Roanoke, we teach you how to think, not what to think. And so as you get to sample uh, thinkers and intellectuals from all over this political spectrum, 
you get to pick what makes sense for you and you're better informed by doing it that way. So he gave a good speech. It was a well-crafted speech. You could tell he's a writer. Uh, that's how part of his introduction spoke of him, what was most important to him. And you certainly could see that and hear that in his comments. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for the next guest that's going to come to Renault College. Do you have any idea who we've got planned? Because I do not. You've put me on the spot, Campbell, <laughs> and I don't remember who's coming next. But uh, there's somebody out. We had a poet this past week. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I saw that, but I could not pronounce every, that name. Usually there are a couple of speakers a week that you could go and enjoy and learn from. I hope everybody takes advantage of those things. It's so important uh, to do that. It just broadens your mind. And even though there's not credit in those things, like a course, uh, it's really one of the most enriching things that anybody can do to help shape your thinking for the rest of your life. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to have to find myself at more of those events. I'm sure they'll really ramp up. Um, not right now, maybe because the semester's winding down. Maybe everybody wants us to focus on our actual studies, but I'm sure we will have an abundance of events to attend by these big-time names coming in the springtime, and I will be ready for them, that's for sure. I'll see you there, Kendall. We will be there. Bow ties together. <laughs> <laughs> So that's all we have for the first half of our show, but it is halftime. We're going to take our little nine, ten-minute break here, and I will be back with President Maxie following the good jams.
Want to hear your favorite song? Let us know. Request a song online at WRKE.org. We are back here at Jazzing It Up at RC with President Max E and me, your host, Kendall Land. We are now going to talk a little bit more about President Max E, as you, President Max E, are going to be featured in our spring festival, our spring movie festival, basically Tarantino. You're going to be one of the criteria for the film. There's always rules every year about um, 
like what you have to include in your film. It could be like a banana or a certain phrase, like the weather outside is cold today or something like that. But this year, one of the criteria is to have you, President Maxie, in the film, whether physically or just as like as a picture. Tell me a little bit about that and how that came along. Well, it was uh, it was a, a funny thing. Uh, Joe Boucher contacted me and said that the students had a an idea for basically Tarantino and said one of the ideas is uh, to have you have me featured in it somewhere, either like you said in person or in a photo or whatever, or maybe it's a cartoon. I don't know. Um, and he said they wanted to know, was that okay? And, of course, I said yes. I thought it sounded like fun. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, I, uh, I, I know our students will be creative. Those films that they do are really terrific. And uh, so I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah, I've got to figure out a way that I can integrate that. I haven't really came up with an idea yet. I'm doing it with my friend Al, but we're going to have to collaborate, think of something, and think of a way we can get you in it, whether as a picture or maybe we can schedule something with you before or after this show one day because I do have that monthly meeting with you, so I've got kind of a leg up on the competition. Maybe maybe we'll figure something out with that, but I think it's exciting too because you get to really add a Roanoke College, more of a Roanoke College aspect to the films, and some of these films have really taken off, and the students have taken off from them. Joe is telling me that... Uh, a couple of the students who did a film, I think back in like 15 or 16, they're, one of them's at NYU now doing acting, and one of them's in uh, Los Angeles doing big-time productions. So these are definitely launching pads, and it'll be fun to use you in it, President Maxey. I'm looking forward to it. I, I will uh, I'll do my best to, to buff up my acting skills and whatever I'm asked to do. And, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Speaking of acting, the Roanoke College Theater Department is presenting Into the Woods. The classic tale will be performed by the Theater Department Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of this coming week at 7.30 in Olin Theater, and there will be an additional show at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So two shows Saturday, 2 o'clock, 7.30. Will you and Mrs. Maxey be attending? We're going to try our best to go to this. I've heard great things about it. I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, Chaplain Bowen was uh, enlisted to uh, play one of the roles in this, and so we'll uh, have a special treat with his cameo appearance in, um, in the production. I did not hear that. That'll yeah, definitely be that something cool? to look forward to. Yep. Well, he used to be a thespian, I think, when he was in college, and so he uh, is, is prepared to take on this role, and I know that's going to add a lot to the production, probably have a lot of people turn out to see Chaplain Chris. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll probably come out to that. Um, I was telling you before we went on air with the theater department, I didn't realize, well, I knew we kind of had a theater department, but I went and took a visit over to the theater department building two weeks ago. I didn't realize how big it was and how involved it is with Renault College, how many students participate in it. So I expect Into the Woods to be a really solid, all-around good production. And I think you're right, Kendall. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's an ambitious production too. Um, I've heard from several people that it's really well acted. It's a great show. It's a Sondheim show, which is, uh, that's an ambitious thing to take on a musical like that. And so uh, good for the theater folks to, to uh, do something ambitious. And from all that I hear, they've been successful with it. So I'm excited about it too. Yeah, for sure. 
In other news, Thanksgiving break is coming up. President Maxie, do you partake in any classic traditions for the holiday that you would like to share with us? Of course, Mrs. Maxie shines at Thanksgiving. She puts together a great Thanksgiving meal. Uh, we'll have our boys come in, our boys' girlfriends come in, um, and so we're excited about it. But Ms. Maxie puts on about as uh, traditional a Thanksgiving uh, dinner as you could ever expect to find anywhere, and it's mighty good. We uh, are, are all excited to get around the table together with our family, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Do y'all ever watch the Macy's Day Parade or play any football as a family? Sure. We do all kinds of things. We we usually turn on Macy's uh, and, and watch a little bit of that. We we uh, check out the Lions. You, do you, you're familiar with the Detroit Lions, aren't you? Ken? Yeah, I am a Lions fan. I'm used to watching them lose on <laughs> Thanksgiving Day, actually. That's always a tradition. So we watch football. I'll, I'll keep up my walking. Um, you probably know I walk a lot every day, and yeah. so I'll be out there walking to, uh, so I can eat more at, uh, when we sit down <laughs> to dine together. I, I'll put in some extra miles, and I can eat some extra turkey. Yeah, we usually we usually play football too in the morning, so we can get all hot, sweaty, burn some calories, and then eat and go into a food coma, be asleep <laughs> by five. That's food coma usually is the goal. Way to put it, yep. yeah. It's a day. Well, I, it's my favorite holiday of the year, really. It. Uh, you know, the, the whole idea of getting together with the people that you love is really great. And um, nothing like a meal. I, you know, some of the, my favorite scenes from Harry Potter were the uh, scenes in the dining hall there at Hogwarts. And it just reminds you of how special it is to dine together and to break bread together. And that's part of the fun here in the uh, Commons is, is uh, it just sets a tone for uh, being together and being a member of a community or a family. And so I love Thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. It's my favorite holiday as well, and I'll say it's the three F's of Thanksgiving. Football, food, and family. Can't beat that, Kendall. Cannot. Now, another F, fall, fall semester. It's winding down. Do you have any tips for students to stay on track, President Maxey, students like myself who are trying to cram all their work together and be ready for exam week that's sneaking up on us? That's December 12th, 13th, I think. Yes, I think that's when it all cranks up. Well, my best advice, Kendall, is to uh, stay up. And if you're behind, catch up now. Um, go see your professors would be my second advice. Um, explain to them how you want to learn and do well and ask for their advice on how you can do that. Uh, make sure that if you are um, feeling challenged in a particular course, you seek out some tutoring. Do it now, don't wait till the last minute, don't wait till the last week. I was talking with a student today and saying that, uh, boy, to get ready for an exam, go ahead and start preparing now and get your tutor working with you now to mm -hmm. uh, help. help. Uh, so the key is to stay on top of it, ask for help when you need it, um, and uh, don't fall behind, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, take it one day at a time. And when I was younger, I never really heard this as I was getting older, so I don't know if there's any validity in it. You can tell me what you think about it. When I was younger, we were, all we were always given uh, mints or mint gum when we were taking tests. Have you ever heard about that? Does that keep you alert, Kendall? Is that the point? I don't know, but when I was eight years old, I enjoyed the treat, so well, I'm going to say yes. Any, when you're eight years old, any excuse to have something like that, right? That's what I'm saying, and I'm about to be 22. I'm still going for those excuses. <laughs> 
I, some, I think it may, maybe has to do with alertness or something like that. I have heard that mint stimulates alertness, and so maybe that's the key. I, maybe I should have more mints in my work, Kendall. Maybe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you approved it, though, and I'm chomping gum during my exam <laughs> and saying, no, 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 Dr. Turpin, I promise. Professor, or President Maxey, President Maxey said it was all good. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if I get used like that a lot, Kendall. I don't know. We'll see after I try it out. I can be the uh, <laughs> guinea pig. <laughs> well, the professor's word is the final word in the classroom, not mine. That's true. That's true. We'll have to see how it goes for me then. <laughs> yep. Good luck. Thank you. I definitely need it on prob- both that You probably and don't need any extra help, though, Kendall. You're going to do so well in your courses. Uh, this is just icing on the cake we're talking about. <laughs> I hope so, for sure. Now, speaking of icing on the cake, we're kind of transitioning well here. Cake is kind of a holiday thing. We're going to talk about the holidays a little bit more because Thanksgiving's coming up. We talked about that. But then we've also got Christmas and other wintery holidays coming up, whatever holiday you celebrate. So I want to ask you some more of your favorite holiday traditions and favorite holiday movies. Oh, yeah. Golly day. You know, my favorite holiday movie, um, there are a lot of them I like, but the one that I love and watch every year is It's a Wonderful Life. That's a good one. I I, I adore that movie. I think it is uh, well uh, crafted as a film, well acted. It's a great story. It's an uplifting story. And and they tell the story well. So that's my favorite. Um, you know, we've, I, we have all kinds of traditions in our family. Um, our Ms. Maxie's family comes in the day after Christmas. We always look forward to their visit. There is a lot of laughter around the table. Um, we get together as a family, usually on Christmas Day sometime, and do our thing with our sons and, and their significant others. We have a new grandson this year, Kendall. Wow, congratulations. Oh, man, guess what his name is, Kendall? Nicholas. No. Okay. M- Michael Creed Maxey III, so he's wow. named after me. So That was my second guess. Oh, Third guess y- was Kendall. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, any of those would have been good names, don't you think? <laughs> no, he, he, this is his first Christmas, so he won't know what the heck is going on, uh, but we'll love being with him for sure. Yeah, that's definitely exciting. Always a... Fun time, Christmas, bringing the family in just like Thanksgiving. Yep, it's a, it's a great time. Tell me what you do in your family. What's what's the big what's the big gathering? Well, for Christmas, usually we start off at my house. I'm one of one of five siblings, so there's seven of us. And now my sister has a fiance, so they come into town. So that makes eight of us. And then we have our dog, and they're cats now, so there's animals running around. As we get older, there might be little kids running around. So we start at the land household, and then sometimes we have other family members come in. depends on the year. And then we, towards the afternoon, we go up to my grandma's house up in Bedford, which isn't too far, but decent, decent little 45-minute trip. And we conclude the night there, then come back to Roanoke and fall asleep at 6, contrary to the 5 o'clock bedtime for Thanksgiving. <laughs> but we're both we're, we're in food comas for... Uh, both holidays. That's always the plan. What What do you guys do on Christmas Eve? We always, everybody gets to open one present, and then we go to the service at College Lutheran Church that night, which is a candlelight service. Do you all do anything special like that on Christmas Eve? We were never allowed to open the presents early, oh, unfortunately. Um, I didn't realize how lucky we were, Kendall. Yeah, I mean, I would always beg for it, but we never got it. We always had to wait for Santa Claus to come, but 
we would uh, go to the, before COVID, we haven't been since COVID, but we would always go to the night mass. Um, usually we went to, because we're Catholic, we would usually go to Our Lady of Nazareth, but towards uh, recently we started going to St. Andrew's a little bit more. The uh, Disneyland church, I used to call it when I was younger, because Boy, it sits up a, on that hill like that. a beautiful that. building? Yeah, it's what a historic building of Roanoke, a landmark. Yep. The, I, I was at a ceremony this afternoon, Kendall, where um, the uh, restoration of St. Andrews won a historic preservation award today. I, I was there to see that. And uh, the father, I've forgotten his last name, was there, and one of the parishioners were there to receive that award. It was really very, uh, it was a, a, a spectacular thing they've done to make sure that church is in good shape because it is really uh, one of the most gorgeous buildings in the whole region. And so it was nice to see them recognized for that. Yeah, I mean, it took a long time, too. I remember just construction going on there. I think it went on throughout my high school years and started in my middle school years. And then when I finally got to see it without the construction, I was like, what is this? This isn't the construction that becomes so normal to me that it was weird without the construction and that it just felt just so grand and I, I really like what it is now. It, they've done a lot of work into it and definitely deserving of it. I didn't realize, but it's a, like 125 years old. It, I, yeah. I had no idea it was that old, but that's, it's a landmark uh, for sure for the whole, the whole, this half of the state, really. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to bounce back to the family tradition thing, too. Yeah. Finish that up. Yeah. When we get back from that mass, like every family, we, uh, we used to bake cookies for Santa Claus until my, my little brother finally got of age. Um, so now we don't really do that anymore. We don't bake the cookies for Santa Claus. We bake them for ourselves. And we would stay up way too late, as I'm sure your kids did, and watch the movies, of course. And, yeah, I think, I think that's a reoccurring theme for anyone with kids in the household, staying up way too late on Christmas Eve. And getting up way too early for your parents' sake, too. That's the other side of it. Yeah, waking up, and it would be like 4 or 5 a.m., 5 a.m., and I'd be like, Mom, what do you mean it's too early? It's exactly. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we used to make everybody stay upstairs, and the, the guys would, uh, when they were little boys, would get up and come in and sit on our bed and want us to get up to go downstairs so they could open their packages. And Lord knows they'd get up so early. One night I was putting one of their gifts together, and I was up until 6 o'clock, and the boys came and I went, dropped it, fell over in the bed about 6.05, and they were in there at 6.15, so I had about a 10-minute ni- sleep that night. Wow. I could not do that. I'm not ready for that whenever it's my turn to be Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen for you, Kendall. I'm pretty <laughs> confident. So this, is gonna, we're, this last segment is going to conclude our show today, and once again, it really ties into that because we're talking about that fatherhood of being a Santa Claus, and I'm a big fan of dad jokes. So we're <laughs> going to start off doing now every show until we're done, President Maxie. We're going to end the show with three dad jokes of the month, okay? Are you ready? I like it. Uh, you know, I, I will. I, you've caught me by surprise tonight, but I will bring <laughs> some dad jokes next time. But I'm wondering what you have there. Kevin. Yeah, we can have a joke off. I can't take credit for these. I kind of stole them last minute here today. Okay. But now that I know you're bringing some, I'm going to spend until December 12th our next show. I'm going to I'm going to craft some of my own, I think. It's it's the it's the uh, clash of the 
Joke Titans here coming up, Kendall. <laughs> that's that's the title of the third show. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so first joke for you, President Maxey. What kind of music did the pilgrims listen to at the first Thanksgiving feast? Huh. What kind of music did the pilgrims listen to? Um, I guess uh, it was... Uh, I give, I give up, Kendall. Now, that was my easier one. I thought you were going to get that oh, one. Oh, no. Plymouth Rock. Oh, oh, got it. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a t that's a, as good as a dad joke ever gets, right? Well, the next two are pretty pretty up there. Okay. I like the last one a lot. All right. Now, number two. Can a turkey jump higher than the Empire State Building? <laughs> um, I would say that uh, a turkey can do that. I have no idea why I'm saying that. <laughs> well, I guess you're partly right because, yes, of course a turkey can. A building can't jump at all. <laughs> oh, that would, I should have gotten that one. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you get half, get credit, half for that. credit for that. Half credit. My instincts were good, just my execution was off. Yeah, you know what to expect. You're, you're a you're a veteran to the dad jokes I, like I, myself. I have told way too many dad jokes in my life. <laughs> Last dad joke here. S same Thanksgiving theme. Who doesn't eat on Thanksgiving? Who doesn't eat on Thanksgiving? Well, the turkey doesn't. Why? Because he's being served to others to eat. No, it's because it's stuffed. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's even better. I'm making myself laugh too much, but what's what's new here? <laughs> That's, those are good ones. They qu they qualify as uh, excellent dad jokes, bad jokes for any other reason. <laughs> Only good for right now, for Thanksgiving. We're going to put them in the bank till next year, but until December 12th, that is all for the show today. Thank you so much for coming, President Maxey. Great to be here with you, Kendall. Thank you for inviting me and. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I hope you have wonderful, restful, quality time with your families. Yep, I hope so too. It'll be a great, much-needed break for everyone around campus coming up next week. But until then, make sure to stay with the studies, and we will be back with President Maxey right before exam week, same time, 8 o'clock, December 12th. But until then, thank you, Roanoke College. We are out.